Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. My name's Becca. For those of you I have not had the chance to meet yet, a co-pastor here along with my husband Dave. It is good to be back with you today. Last Sunday, around this time, I am not sad to say we were sitting by a pool in Mexico. It was really nice. We learned, as you do, you go on vacation, you learn new things. I learned uh, the importance of reapplying sunscreen. That's important. Um, My children learned that uh, they could get away with a lot if they were not in our sight. Uh, For instance, uh, waiters who would walk by the pool, they learned that every time they asked them for a slushie, one would be brought to them. Uh, to the end that I think on Wednesday they each had 15. So uh, we're all in a bit of a sugar sun detox now, but regardless, very, very happy to be back with you. Grateful for the time to be away, to be a family and rest together, uh, but love being back with our family of faith. Today, if you can believe it, does mark the actual end of the Christmas season. Target would have you believe otherwise. They cleared those shelves on, you know, December 23rd to move on to whatever else is next. I myself am eager to take down my Christmas decorations. That's later this afternoon. But truly, in the church calendar, today is the final day. Today we end our celebration with Christmas by remembering and and celebrating and commemorating this day we call Epiphany. Epiphany marks... The, the journey of the wise men, who, despite what you see in uh, most nativity manger sets, were not there on the night that Jesus was born. It took them some time. It took a little bit longer for them to be led to worship the Christ child, and we remember their journey as it's told in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2 tells us the story of the Magi. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers in the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So one of the ways that we honor the spirit of the stories we read in Scripture is by making them a part of our story. That's the purpose of this tradition we have here at Knox of Star Sunday. On Star Sunday, we honor this story of these wise men by becoming like them, by we ourselves allowing a star to lead us to Jesus. You know, I'll tell you, I had never heard of Star Sunday before coming to Knox just a little over a year ago. But I could tell upon our arrival, which we came in September, even then I heard y'all talking about Star Sunday, and I could tell this was a much beloved tradition here in this church. And I can tell even now that this is a much beloved tradition at Knox Presbyterian Church. I've got to tell you, most Sundays, like the couple Sundays following Christmas, things are kind of low. Like we got full on Jesus at Christmas when people kind of t- start taking a break. That's often what happens, not on Star Sunday. Not here. Y'all show up to get your stars. And for good reason. You guys love getting these stars, these stars that on one side have a word from Scripture. You call these your, your star word for the year. And then on the other side, there's names. Names of other people who are part of our family of faith. We love getting these stars, I think in part, because they affirm for us a really important truth of our Christian faith. These stars remind us that God has something to say to us. These stars remind us that God is speaking to us. God spoke to the wise men some 2,000 years ago, and if we'll listen, God is speaking to us now. God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us through Scripture. One of the things we call the Bible is the Word of God. This is God's word to us. We call it that because we believe that God speaks to us through it, through the words that are written in the pages of our Bibles. And so that's why it's not random words written on these stars. These are words directly from the pages of Scripture. The words my family got last year, we got faith, peace, disciple, you can find all of these words in the pages of your Bible, and it's, it's intentional in doing so. Our, 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 our hope isn't just that you'll take this word and say, oh, that's nice faith, and, and move along, but that it will actually lead you to explore more deeply into your Bibles, that you'll find where this word shows up in your Bibles and, and maybe learn how it's used how the writer of scripture, what they were trying to communicate, how the person who uh, experienced being a disciple, how they lived that out, how a person, uh, you know, talked about what it means to have peace or faith or hope. I heard a story, and I I, I think it's true, and I hope it's not just a one-time thing, but I, I heard about it once that a member here at Knox, that when he got his star word that one year, what he did is he went home, he pulled out his concordance, that big old book of Bible words, 
And he looked at all the places where that one word or, or variants of it were listed in scripture. And he made a long list of it and he used that list to lead him in his Bible study throughout that following year. Thought that was a pretty good idea. So I would encourage you, you can do something like that. See how God speaks to you in this word through the pages of scripture. Our stars also remind us not only that God speaks to us through scripture, but also that God speaks to us through each other, through the committed Christ followers around us. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Which is to say that none of us, no matter how smart we may be, none of us are able to see the whole picture. If we want to hear God speak, sometimes we're going to need other faithful people. I'll tell you, any time a major decision comes my way, I make sure to reach out to a handful of friends and mentors, people who know me, who love me, and who also know and love Jesus. And of course, I can't ask them to make that decision for me, whatever that decision may be, but I do ask them to to pray with me. I ask them to pray for me. I ask them to listen to God on my behalf and to come back and tell me what they sense God might be saying. God speaks to me through them. So again, this is why on the flip side of your star is the name of another Knox member. And so I would encourage you, whoever you get, whether you know them or not, find a way to reach out to them, to get to know them, to pray for them, to ask them to pray for you. It just may be that God wants to speak to you through them, or God might have a word for them through you. God has something to say to us. Now, I believe that's true, but it also does lead to a really important question caveat. If indeed we believe it is true that God has something to say to us, that God is speaking to us, how do we discern? How do we know that it's really God? If there's something we're hearing, sensing, feeling that maybe that could be God, how do we really know if it is God? And I will say at the outset that the first thing we need to be just honest with ourselves about is we actually never know for sure that it is God. I get very, very wary of anybody who would come in and tell me that they know for certain that God has something, has told them to do something, or God is telling me to do something. Anybody who comes with me with that kind of certainty about what God is saying, I'm, I'm a little dubious. There's no way that we can know for sure that it is God speaking. There is a, an element of faith that is required, an element of trust that is required, an element of risk that is required. And certainly we want to use those measurements of scripture and Christian community to kind of keep those guardrails to say, does, does what I'm sensing, hearing, feeling align with scripture? And does do some other Christian believers around me seem to affirm that, that maybe that could be something that God is saying? Those are some helpful guidelines, but there's also a couple more. 
So if there's something that you're sensing, that you're feeling, that, that you're, you're hearing in, in your heart that God might be saying to you, one way to sense, is this God or not, is to ask yourself, does what I'm hearing line up with God's priorities? Jesus said there's two things, just two things that are the most important priorities to God's heart. And it's that we would love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. So again, if you're having a sense that God's calling me to, to do this, or to say this, or believe this, you can ask yourself, is whatever this is, will that lead me to love God with all that I am, and to love my neighbor as myself? If your answer to those questions is yes, then I would say you're free to take that step of faith in following what you sense that God is calling you to do. Another helpful question, does it line up with God's priorities and does it point you to God's person? Which is to say, does, does what you're sensing God saying to you point you to Jesus? Jesus is the clearest example we have of who God is and what God is up to in the world. And so if it indeed it is God speaking, what we hear from God will lead us to know Jesus more, to love Jesus more, to act and behave like Jesus more and more in all that we say and do. We do really, really love our Star Sunday tradition here. We love it because it reminds us that God has something to say to us. And we are reminded most convincingly when we hear some of the star stories that come from people in our midst, people in this community who have heard God speak to them in the past year. And so we've got a couple of those stories to share with you now. I want to invite Megan Miner and Kristen O'Brien to come and share their star stories with you. Good morning. My name is Kristen O'Brien. It's that time of the year when people begin to make their New Year resolutions. It's a time for self-reflection and a rare opportunity where it's socially acceptable to be overly critical of yourself. Some people might set a goal to change their behavior or start a new practice. For them, the new year is a time of feeling refreshed and ready to begin again. For others, New Year's resolutions can be exhausting. This exhaustion is so common that there is even a term for it, Quitter's Day. This is the second Friday in January, the day by which most people will have quit their New Year's resolutions due to the unrealistic expectations they set for themselves. I must admit I too have struggled to stick with a New Year's resolution. So when I picked out Disciple for my Star Word last year, I felt relieved. I thought, I got an easy one. All I have to do is sit back and learn. That sounds like a reasonable and realistic goal this year. I'm a teacher with a master's degree plus 60. I love learning. Learning is something I can do. I can learn more about God. I can learn to be a good disciple. I can learn how to study the Bible, how to journal, and go through the motions of being the best student. My resolution was set. 
All I had to do was read and learn. I quickly typed in disciple into my Bible app and learned that a disciple was a dedicated follower of Jesus. Bam, mic drop, I was done. I could check that off the list and move on. But no, I didn't get off the hook that easily. Life continued and presented its challenges like it always does. Feelings of shame, loneliness, inadequacy, and failure came up to me from my childhood and made their way into parenthood, and I struggled. I was feeling like I couldn't get it right. No matter how hard I tried, I found myself overreacting and losing my patience, occasionally yelling at my kids, and feeling like I was constantly saying the wrong things. I started feeling like maybe I wasn't worthy of love or even capable of loving others. Jesus, Jesus chose disciples who could be changed by his love, and then he sent them out to communicate that his acceptance was available to anyone, even those whose lives were marked by failure. God spoke to me through this simple one-word message. I had to step out of my comfort zone to stretch and learn, and then adapt and grow. I was transformed. Disciples of Jesus aim to become fully Christ-like in a transformation that has to come from the inside out. This transformation took time. It was a journey from feeling shame to finding grace, from self-hatred to self-love, and from loneliness to a sense of community. It was a journey that required patience, forgiveness, and most importantly, self-compassion. And on the other side of these struggles, I found grace, love, and community. So this year, instead of choosing unrealistic and self-critical goals, I pr propose a new resolution, choosing love, not only for ourselves, but for others. Implicit in Jesus' commandment to love our neighbors as ourselves is the assumption that we are supposed to love ourselves. We are supposed to be kind and gentle, caring and nurturing, empowering and forgiving of ourselves. If we cannot do this, ultimately, we may be unable to do it for our neighbors. And if we cannot love our neighbors whom we can see, we cannot love God whom we cannot see. Self-compassion is not an indulgence. It is a necessity for faithful discipleship. To see God, we need to see each other, and we need to be seen. God created humankind in his own image. John 13, 34 through 35 says, Now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Megan Miner. Um, as a member of Knox for a while now, I've gotten a few stars. Some mean a lot right away, and others I have to dig real deep to find the meaning. This year my word was gather. Figured it was gonna be another year what I have to dig deep to find out the meaning, but I was wrong. My year started out rough. I was going through a lawsuit with my ex-husband where my livelihood was on the line. If I lost, I was going to be in some real financial trouble, and if I won, I'd still be in financial trouble because lawyers are expensive. I started working here, which I loved, 
I also started working at the high school as a cashier in the lunchroom, but I was in no mood to gather around anyone. Anytime I was alone or lost in thought, I just kept coming back to money. How was I gonna pay for my house, my car, my kids, anything? I withdrew from friends, I withdrew from my family, but as a lawsuit came to an end, I was in a very dark place. I forced myself to attend events. I didn't put my heart in it. I wasn't present. I don't know the exact moment, but in the spring, I knew something needed to change. My best friend invited me over for a girl's night in her hot tub. We gathered and we talked about nothing, yet everything. I know that in my, then that my mentality was in the wrong place. Gathering with people is a way to recharge, to share your ups and downs. Others can take some of the pain away when you lose your house, but they can celebrate with you when you get engaged to your best friend. They can listen and offer support when you are considering the food bank to feed your teenagers. And they can celebrate with you when you get your dream jobs, plural, yes, working here at the place where you feel the safest. Gathering together is the most basic of human needs, but when you're sad or going through something hard, for many of us, our instinct is to pull away, to hide. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I know God put my best friend in that moment just to text, one hot tub. God knew I needed to gather with someone special to commiserate and celebrate with one another. Since then, I've gathered to celebrate many things in my life. Mine and Grant's wedding, combining family celebrations and holidays, sitting on the sidelines with many friends and family, watching our kids play sports that they love, even watching the Bears win, uh, probably lose, <laughs> with friends. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing more of that this year. I've been present. I felt God's presence. I'm listening to God more, and I know he, needed to gather, I, he knew I needed to gather with others to be closer to him and even myself during the good and the bad. Star Sunday reminds us that God has something to say to us. It's amazing enough that God has something to say to us. What's more amazing is that God gives us the freedom, the choice of whether or not we will listen. I'll close with a quote from our good friend Gary Alloway. He's one of our oldest friends from seminary. And he said something to me a few years ago that he doesn't remember saying, but I will never forget. Uh, we were talking about, you know, our own walks with Jesus, and he just happened to say, he said, you know, in my own life, I, I notice that when I sense God is speaking to me, calling me, leading me in some direction, the more and more I say yes, the more I hear God, the, the louder God's voice sends, tends to get in my life. But the converse is also true, he said. He said the more, I, you know, if I sense God calling me, leading me, guiding me in some way, and I say no, for whatever reason, and I, I don't take that step of faith, I don't listen, I don't follow, well, God's voice tends to then get quieter and quieter, and I don't hear God as much. So my prayer for us here at Knox Presbyterian Church in this coming year is that God's voice would be easy to hear. It would be easy because we listen. 
It'd be easy to hear because we say yes. That God's voice would be easy to hear because we know that God has something to say to us. In scripture, in each other, here at this table. So I invite you, as we come, as we receive these gifts that God has to give us, let's listen to what God is saying. For God indeed has something to say to us. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.